I'm about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. Greetings, happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in to the Steve Day Show podcast edition. All unique content for free, so to speak. I mean, ultimately, somebody's paying the freight, and that is CRTV. They are graciously providing you this free content each and every day here on iHeart, iTunes, and Stitcher. Todd and Aaron are here with us. We'd love it if you joined us, too. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And we just finished wrapping up today's show for CRTV, including an interview with Ted Cruz and more. You don't want to miss it crtv.com use my name as a promo code dace get a discounted subscription today if you're not already a subscriber we also have monthly subscription options and if you decide to cancel during the free trial period you won't be charged a dime so gentlemen uh, what stood out to you about the tv show that we just finished up with todd same thing same thing as always we're in big trouble steve uh talking uh talking about jeff flake talking with ted cruz uh, it's it just inevitably comes around that there are so many different versions of the truth going on within conservative slash Republican slash right circles that um, you know Jeff Flake deciding to move on is a good thing, but you watch all the analysis, the parsing, the oh how did it come to this? Not really understanding why. You know we got a lot further to go, a lot further to go, and no, please. Steve Bannon, this thing is going to be interesting, but Steve Bannon isn't going to save us. Yeah, um, that, we were in a lot of trouble, uh, and we also could have just rehashed and replayed the interview we did with Ted Cruz, like, I don't know, two, three months ago, three, four months ago, uh, because it's basically the same same thing, uh, same thing, just a different time. Nobody's learning any lessons. The tone deafness uh, continues, and... uh, People, people inside the Washington bubble uh, tend to stay inside the Washington bubble, uh, at, even even when they even when they leave and they go back to the constituents. It just seems like once you get inside that bubble for long enough and you allow yourself to be infected with the whatever water or air coming from off of the uh, Potomac, um, you there, there's just no going back. Yeah, and I'll say this, though. Even though we asked a lot of the same questions, I thought he was a little ornerier than he was a few months ago, talking about Ted Cruz. When he laid out some donor numbers, he took us inside the caucus, inside the cloakroom, to lay out where things truly are with this party if they don't deliver for their base, what is truly at stake. And that's the part you definitely... I I think the whole interview is worthy of watching, obviously, but I think that's the part you definitely don't want to miss. Because it begs an obvious question, and, it, and it's a question that I asked Ted after he laid this, these data points out for us. If existential fear of losing won't motivate you, then I don't know what else is left. I mean, if, if the Republican Party is at the point of, we would rather lose than keep our promises to you, well, then I, I don't... That's where you just throw the ingrate out of your home, Todd, as a parent, right? I mean... When they're at that point, you know, that there, there's, you know, that's dust, sandals, kick time, right? Is exactly, that kind of, right. Moving on, moving on down the road then, I guess, if that's where we are, right? Yeah, but that's my point. We're incredibly confused about that being the obvious answer. Let's get to Worldview Wednesday. I personally believe Elitism Marxism Atheist Government intervention Secular humanist Liberals and conservatives Materialism Nihilism U.S. Americans Christian Globalist Socialist Democracy Worldview, as the word suggests, is how we look at the world around us. How do we understand life as it hits us in the face? Libertarian Tea Partier The free market Nobody is without a worldview. The only question is, is it a good one or a bad one? So it becomes the glasses, the spectacles, the filter through which they're actually seeing life. And the whole universe and the world and human life is understood through that lens. This is Steve Dace. 
And this is Worldview Wednesday, your college philosophy class via the podcast. This is where we get a little bit deeper into the details, if you will, a little further into the weeds, because sometimes you have to. Life is a complicated process. Not everything is a tweet. Uh, some things more require a little bit more legwork than that, although I understand we all have short attention spans these days, which is why we only do this once a week. <laughs> all right, We do this thing called Worldview Wednesday once a week, and this, uh, this week we are wrapping up or coming close to wrapping up the series we've been doing for for the last couple of months revisiting my 2014 book rules for patriots how conservatives can win again and looking at those 10 commandments of political warfare and applying them to the environment we are in today and finding out hey does it still work the way it did a few years ago or do these need to be retooled a little bit and what we're finding it's about half and half half of them are transcendent they, they would apply in in in, in any political environment The other half are things we're going to have to tweak a little bit to get them to work in the environment we're in. And this week, gentlemen, we are on the 10th and final commandment. Play offense. How do you think this commandment works in the environment we're in today, Todd? Oh, it it absolutely works every bit as much. I, I think this is one of the transcendent principles of course uh one thing you have tried to hammer home again and again and again is that you need to be very clear on knowing who you are if football analogy if you uh recruit wisconsin wisconsin badgers like talent big uh linemen uh, running backs year after year to year who can take advantage of the holes they build and yet suddenly uh, our coach wakes up one morning Paul Christen decides you know what I'd really like to try the spread offense that 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 would be fun um no that that it it not only won't be fun it, it won't work you've got to know who you are you've said regularly Steve that we if we continue to Jones about playing offense like progressives play offense Mm -hmm. we'll all spiral down the toilet together we need to know who we are and what our game plan is but uh, once you know that pedal to the metal go get them what do you think this means to play offense in today's environment uh it means doing at least one two three four uh let's see five six Seven. It means doing seven of the other nine commandments that we've talked about already, uh, whether that's rhetorically or whether it's using the power that you have if you already are an elected official or in some place of authority. But seven of the nine uh, commandments we've already talked about before this one, uh, whether it's uh, never abandon the moral high ground, make uh, you know use your uh, use the premise of your opponent's argument against them. Uh, make your defonent, uh, opponent def- uh, define your opponent before uh, they uh, before uh, and dis- and define yourself before your opponent defines you. Uh, those are all part of playing offense. So to me, this this commandment is really just uh, a, probably uh, just a restatement uh, or a restating of a lot of the stuff we've already talked about. I think I think this is this is the number one reason of things that he did to contribute to his own victory. His his willingness to go too far in in deploying this commandment is the number one reason that he contributed to his own victory, and that he, in this case, is President Trump. So by too far, far you mean you like the fact that uh, your analysis is that people are starving for that coach who would go for it again and again on fourth down. And yeah, it didn't happen sometimes. When it did, it was glorious. Yes, yes. Yeah, I... I won't go through the whole exercise with the Gary Cooper Sheriff and the Spaghetti Western. We've done that 10 million times because do you know why we keep doing that, by the way? It's the same reason FM radio keeps playing Yesterday by the Beatles. It's the most played song in the history of FM radio. Why? 
because it, it number one is the biggest brand in the history of pop music is the Beatles. Number two, it's one of the most perfectly constructed pop songs they ever orchestrated, and it's only three minutes. So it it it, it touches it touches every base, and that's why I've used that analogy so often because I'm not capable of coming up with a better one than that because it is so appropriate to where we are at now. We are we are the woman in the spaghetti western whose husband has died or left her and now she is on her own with a child and the banditos have overrun the town and they would like to have her their way with her and we got to the end of the high noon movie and gary cooper didn't show up guys at the end of the movie i mean you were planning on marrying this cat having more of his babies you thought he'd be a great role model and daughter and and father to substitute father to your kid right so you get out there, you've, you're, you're dressed up, you're out there on the side of the street, it's high noon, and the hero, right out of central casting, he's going to trot out there, man, and he's going to lay down some lead ordnance from his revolver. It's 1203, 1210, it's 1230. <laughs> you suddenly realize, man, it's the hottest time of the day. Noonish. Now we're in the noon hour. Right? We're in the noon hour. Then you're like, tummy starts rumbling. You realized he ain't showing up. Guys, ain't coming. The Bedinos are laughing. They're looking at you over there dressed up in your Sunday best like, yeah, we'll be having our way with her and ripping her clothes off here in about 10 minutes and no one will stop us. And then you notice the really scurvy bandito is looking at your daughter who's only 10 or 11. And you got a choice to make. I I guess we sit here and take it because no nice guys will fire back. Or, that's the choice. Is that not the choice? 65 million people felt when they went into the ballot box last November. Is that not what they did? Indeed. It is what they did. Do we just sit here and just take it? I don't want to marry that guy. I'm not sure I want him around my daughter either, frankly. But I know this. When the shooting ends, they'll all be dead. Oh, um, he'll drink us completely. We'll have to replenish the bar. Uh, the 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 market has is blown up, and our homes are you know all the windows are shot out. Okay, but you know I can I can replace windows a lot more than I can replace my dignity after what those banditos are going to do to me and my daughter. You know, I just taught a class with our worldview with our high school Christian worldview class that I teach on Mondays and the assignment I gave them is we're going through the uh, the, we're going through Kings and Chronicles of the Old Testament and the assignment I gave them was Ahab in fact we should do this for worldview Wednesday sometime for on here I think it'd be fascinating Ahab Hezekiah and Josiah three of the three the three main archetypes of a politician in the scriptures Pardon me. Particularly in, in Jewish history. You have Ahab, who is a total miscreant. Wicked to the core. He is driven only by his own id. There is no authority other than that. You have Hezekiah, who starts out pretty good. Says early in his reign, hey, the Jews had not celebrated the Passover since the time of Moses or Solomon we get to the end of his reign though and he's like hey that bad stuff that Isaiah told me was going to go down doesn't happen when I'm alive not my problem man I'm kicking the can down the road cool cool beans bro that's what most politicians are do the hard thing do the good thing when it's easy you know one of the and I pointed out to my students that one of the symbolic dividing lines of the righteousness of a king in, in the Old Testament is whether they were willing to go to the high places and tear down the Asherah poles. Like, yeah, you, you had several good kings who would reestablish worship um, at, at the temple, but they would not. Very few. 
would go to the high places and tear down the astral poles. Why? Well, the people liked the astral poles, guys. It was their porn. Except they got live demonstrations up there at the temple of prostitutes that they themselves could take part in. That was the red light district, if you will. And a lot of the important people like that stuff too, just like in our day and age. Which brings us to, to Josiah. What does Josiah do? He goes to the high places and tears down the Asherah poles. And so in this, in this exercise we went through, um, I, I, I asked our students, and I won't give you their answers, because I do think this would make for a fascinating Worldview Wednesday one day for us to do this, and I don't want to spoil it. But I said, I, I want you to apply this into your own culture. I want you to look throughout either contemporary America now or American history, and I want you to come up with political leaders that you think fit the descriptions that we've just laid out biblically of these three men. And that, that got us into a whole debate of what if you're at some time, you're on one of these lists, could you be, are you always on one of them? And the answer is no. I mean, the goal is to the goal is at the end, when when that's why Paul says to finish the race. When you finish the race, you want to be on the Josiah list. But the reason why most people, most politicians would be on the Hezekiah list is because most of us would be. Most of us would be on the list in most of our lives of being willing to do the right thing when it is easy. Seldom will we do the right thing when it costs us something. And so we started joking about people like Samson in the Bible. I mean, Samson, I think, I think, I think we invented a, a customer rewards card because Samson was like the norm on cheers of Canaanite brothels, guys, okay? I mean, when he walked in after, you know, beating some lions up with his bare hands, when, when, he headed, when Samson headed down to the, uh, the, to the Canaanite brothel, district he walked in samson like they used to with norman cheers i mean he uh, he had his frequent flyer miles guys he was a known commodity he brought that punch card back a lot and yet how many of our kids how many how many kids in my in my son's christian youth football league are named samson several are why well, I mean, what's the end of Samson's story? What's the last thing he does? What's the, what's the climax? Well, that's probably a poor choice of words given what I was just saying, but you know what I'm trying to say. What's the culmination of the story? He tears down the pillars of Dagon, the fish demon god, plunges him face down in the dirt, collapsing all the priests of Dagon and their false demon worshipers underneath the rubble. Yeah, that's a story, bro. That's how you go out right there. And that's how everybody forgets, dude, you're back again. You just left 20 minutes ago. That's how we all forget that because that's how the story ends. And one of the things I said to, our, said to the kids, the high school kids in the classroom that I think ties, this is how this, everything I just said ties back to this commandment. As I say, you see this pattern. More kids are even named after David than Samson. David is terrible a lot. I mean, he is frequently terrible, guys. Frequently. He's a mess a lot. And unfortunately, he seems to get worse with age. He seems to get worse the older he gets. You know, I mean, David would be like George H.W. Bush today. 89 years old and apologizing for grabbing a chick's rear end and goosing her from a wheelchair. All right? That's David. Yeah, why do we name our kids after this guy? <laughs> because that's not all that he is. There's more to the story than that. And what you see is a pattern in history. God is more inclined to use the men who are, or who are more zealous in their passions because it's easier to rein them in and channel the zealousness for their passions into the right ones than it is to take the guy whose pilot light is out and he is the walking dead. He's going to bed at night with his khaki pants on. And the first thing he asks himself when he gets up in the morning is which mouthwash and which Argyle sock. That's the guy that, the, that even 
the Lord Almighty says that's gonna be that's gonna be a tall ask right there. Okay, <laughs> that's the guy that even the guy even the, the even the king of the cosmos who speaks the universe into existence looks at that guy and says, I can't even with that man. I can't even with that. We have so many of those guys. And we have a lot of those guys. Yes, we have a lot. Right? It's it's the old football coaching adage you, that you, you do want to have some choir boys and then you want to have some guys that you're not really sure what they'd be doing if they weren't in your locker room. Right? That if, if, they, if they didn't have a channel for that aggression called football, what else would they be doing right now? It might not be good. And this is, this is the thing a lot of our people see in Trump. I sat back here for years while Jeff Flake just shanked me. We went over this on the TV show today. Years of a series of his votes that were just terrible as to why he has an F Liberty score. I would prefer, and, and when I say I, I mean a composite I. Let me put it this way. that Most conservatives... We would prefer if Paul Ryan, the family guy, CrossFitter, who goes home to Janesville, Wisconsin on the weekends. He does. Most weekends goes home. He actually does not have a fleet of consultants. I think he has like one. Is that not the guy? No, that's the guy. Right. That's the, from, from our belief system standpoint, that's who, when we think of who's our hero, it's him. It looks like him, Right. But what do you do when Gary Cooper doesn't show up, guys? The banditos don't just say, well, you know, your champion didn't arrive, so I guess we'll just cut you some slack today. No, they're like, run on your women. Nobody in the way. Knock yourself out. So what do we do? I think there's a lot of our people. This is why they're nonplussed about they may even be personally disgusted by it, but it's why they're nonplussed about getting into urination contests with gold star moms or that Mexican judge or, um, uh, uh, you know, the Kaiser Khan family, the, you know, that gold star family from last year. Because they're doing the math in their head and they're thinking, you know what? Here's one thing I've learned about Republicans. It's a lot easier to get this guy who goes way too far to do some of the stuff I like than to get the guys who won't go far enough to do any of the things I like. Thoughts on that, Todd? Yeah, well, to put it another way, yeah, people know watching the sausage gets made uh, isn't pleasant. Um, but they weren't getting the backside of that at all. The actual, the solid food, the good sausage, it, it, it was never coming. It was never coming. So fine. The, the, here we go, folks. Every, we're going to, we're going to show everybody how the sausage gets made now, just so we can get something that's worth eating on the other side. Now, that's very theory driven i agree with Stephen part whether you get there is a game of russian roulette every single day with this guy and i please so please do not take steve to be saying or anything we're doing to say that the that bet isn't fraught uh with perils of its own and quite frankly the people making that bet uh, many of them are in denial about what those perils are nonetheless you had a new hotness and steve's been uh right about that before about politics is all about the new hotness and the old was oh, hadn't been what this is why they keep talking about ronald reagan that's the hotness that you keep coming back to as aaron not alive at that millennials Ron, he's he's a statue to them he's not even a real person all right you gotta move on into something and people finally got sick of it to some extent uh steve has been right as well should have been sick of it a long long time ago so here we are it's very broken uh there is absolutely no certainty that this is a bet that's going to pay off 
But nonetheless, sometimes you just need to take a chance. What do you think, Aaron? As much as I would like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with both of you as uh, both of yours assessment. But the reality is um, we're looking at politicians as frustrating as it is to see most of them. And as you go on conservativereview.com and look at their liberty scores and just realize how decrepit um, pretty much all of them are. Somebody keeps voting for them. Somebody keeps sending them there. And I've had these, I've had this magical bout of magical thinking in the past. And you know, we've we've said if the church, you know, that uh, that um, abortion will continue until the, the church decides mm-hmm. to put an end to it. And I'm thinking, well, why don't everybody? Why doesn't everybody who 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 calls themselves pro-life adamantly? There's enough people in the country that call themselves pro-life. What if they just? I don't know, stop working for a day. What if they just stop doing their jobs, grind the entire country to a halt until abortion is ended? The reality is, is if we had that type of courage of conviction, we would never get into this in, in into this uh, position in the first place. All that is to say that politicians are a reflection of, of us when we're not willing each one of us not willing to play offense with our belief system whether or not it's overtly or kind of under the radar we're going to send people who are like us to washington even if they say they believe the same things that that we do we're going to we're going to choose the same types of representatives um that that reflect us when we're not willing to play offense and that's why we are where we are right now but Steve, you often say that Trump plays offense based on his ego and not on our policies. That is very true. But again, this comes down to when the pale rider rides into the town, is he always taking the banditos out because he has a real thirst for justice, guys? No. You know what he has a real thirst for? Taking banditos yeah, he out. He likes blood. Yeah, thirst for blood. <laughs> Okay, so um, this is again where people feel helpless. I know we want to stereotype everybody that, that we don't agree with at the time. I know. I'm having a really hard time this week. I am. With this, with numerous things, because I'm a affliction. But the one thing I'm struggling with, one of the, that for the sake of this conversation, this idea from people who think Judge Roy Moore's position on the law demands you stand for the national anthem is so constitutionally, which I don't agree with, by the way, is so constitutionally heinous that it disqualifies him for public office. Okay, I don't care about that. I believe you can disqualify anybody for whatever reason you want. You're the voter. We're the bosses. You can fire and not hire. I don't care. That's up to you. My job is to go get more people that agree with me than agree with you. Okay. But then, how many years have have Republicans handed hundreds of millions of dollars to Planned Parenthood to kill babies? How much money have they handed them just this year since we gave them total control of the the government? And, And so we're told that we can't shut the government down by denying baby butchers their money because that's governing. That, so handing baby butchers hundreds of millions of dollars, guys, doesn't disqualify you from higher office, but having a hackneyed position that the law demand you could, you could be charged with a crime if you won't stand for the national anthem does. Can you help me? I don't, and I'm trying not to be, he's my friend. I'm trying to see this critically. I don't get this one. What universe can you live in where one thing, I get where neither one would upset you and I would get where both of them would. I would get where, and I could get where, yeah, I don't really care about the national anthem thing, but that's not killing kids. I can't get to, I can't believe he thinks you ought to stand for the national anthem. But hey, we got to cut these checks to Planned Parenthood, guy, because we can't shut the government down. It's a 35% polling it. Help me. Can you help me with that? Because I'm at a point right now, I want to hurt every one of these people bad. Because I can't. In my mind, I can't justify it. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to practice some self-control because that kind of just makes, I don't want to be, Judge Roy Moore's not the plumb line. 
it's this dichotomy, but I'm not sure I can express it in a way that it won't come across as that. So I'm trying to practice some self-control and let it go. I don't understand that. I don't get that. I don't. And that's the world in which we live is we want to put everybody in a tribe. We want to stereotype everybody. So I know, I know we want everybody to, that voted for Trump mit the, to be mit the Trump guy with some gap tooth out there in Indiana shouting golden facts at, at Ted Cruz the day before a primary. I know we want to believe that's who all of his voters are because when we, when we, when we undignify our opponents like this, when we dehumanize them, it, it, t- we, it takes the onus off of us for the fault and the role we played. So it'd be very easy, easy for me as a guy who actually worked for Ted Cruz's campaign to just say everybody that didn't vote for us and voted for Donald Trump is the uh, in that primary was gap-toothed loser Goldman Sachs shouter at the Indiana primary. But you know what happens if I do that? It, I absolve myself from looking at what role my team played in that loss because we made some mistakes. And if we don't learn from those mistakes, we might lose to somebody even worse than Trump the next time. See what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to avoid losing it on these people that are drawing this silly line in the sand because I'm wondering, maybe it's not silly. Maybe I don't see it because Moore's my friend no. because I, I can't get my mind around why someone's position on whether to stand for the anthem lines up to whether we're going to give money to people that dismember babies remember, and sell their parts for profit. Remember, I think this was off the air last week when I came in one morning and I said, I'm really trying not, I'm really trying hard not to be super snowflakey about people's criticisms of Roy Moore. It's exactly the same reasons that, yes. you, that well, you've just laid out. You're, good. Ma- you're mad for good. You, uh, not too long ago, talked about the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah, Continuing, just here I am. I can do no other. Tell the truth. What did they do with him, Steve? They threw him in a well. That's what they're doing to Judge Raymore. Yeah. They can't stand it. They just can't stand it. He shows them that the emperor that has no clothes is them. Because they actually do believe a lot of the things Roy Moore believes. But they won't go to war, real war, on behalf. I used to think it was kind of a funny, clever punchline that you developed, mm-hmm. but it is as true as anything you say now. They just like blogging. We're just going to blog. That's it. It's it. I, I, I don't want, to, and I, I say that on purpose because I don't want you to just kind of laugh right past that. That's about as true as anything steve says and says on a regular basis and that's a pretty high bar we just like writing our columns sharing our th- hey and this is we're in the media we're doing it right now but i'll tell you what um these are things i i have demonstrated in my own life and i was always curious whether i would or not if the rubber met the road but turns out i have Cool. Thanks, God, for the help in there. But I've laid down when things have uh, really mattered. Steve has as well. And just it uh, it's abundantly clear that hardly anybody will. Hardly anybody will. They just like the game. It's a stupid scoreboard that I just don't care about anymore. That's why it was months ago when you broached the topic of... Uh, uh, election 2018 and my honest answer I, I really don't care see the game that's and that, that's right where I was going to go nice segue the game mo- most of these Trump voters if you grabbed them off the street and you asked them would you rather have Trump going to war with Jeff Flake over the fact that the Republicans won't truly keep their promise to repeal Obamacare or that Jeff Flake said some nasty things about Donald Trump and what do you think most Trump voters would choose most of them would choose to go to war over Obamacare But if we're not going to go to war over Obamacare, then you know what? A lot of people are then going to say, well, this Jeff Flake guy was stabbing me in the back. I'd prefer to beat him on the principled argument. But if we're going to send Al Capone to Alcatraz for tax evasion, beats losing again, beats losing again. Well, Steve, it sounds like you're making the very lesser of two evils argument to vote for Trump that you weren't willing to sign on to last year. I am making that argument. I'm not signing on to it. But I'm empathizing with it. This is why I left. Le- this is why I left. Never Trump behind the day after the election, because the election is over. 
And, and you're and, saying that's all there is when you don't choose right yes, in the first place. Yes, and so now it's about what's best for the country. I, it's just if to continue being never Trump when the guy is president. Now, now, now you have reduced yourself to the very game that you said you were going to rise above by declaring yourself never Trump in the first place. You just want to play a game. What is the alternative then? Don't you want the country to get better? Don't you hope he could do better? Well, then why do you do this for a living then? Just to stand around on Twitter all day and say, nana, nana, boo, boo? What the hell kind of way of living is that? People will take, and it's the same argument I tried to make to Noah Rothman about Roy Moore a couple days ago here. I'm not entirely comfortable with, as a constitutionalist myself, I've never been entirely comfortable with the idea of lower court judges deciding that they have higher jurisdiction than higher court judges because we're back into the game we've often talked about. Ain't no fun when the rabbit's got the gun. Know what I'm saying? Then, then one day, maybe, one day, maybe, that, that, that district court judge from the 666th District of Babylon, the one day in 175 years when you finally get five votes to overturn Roe, that will likely never happen, he may decide, yeah, I don't agree with that, so... So I, I, I never disputed the point, the procedural point he was making. What I wanted him to grasp was the principal point I was making. That's why I used that analogy of, my, of, of our former co-host Jen when she was running for student council. She agrees. She agrees with the gender role teaching of your university. That's why she came here of her own volition. What she doesn't understand, though, is when the choice is following our particularly targeted ver- version of gender roles or not performing the higher task you would choose that see that's the argument i'm making about the roy moore national anthem thing i get thinking he's freaking cuckoo for cocoa puffs on that what i don't get is i'm going to totally absolve all these guys for voting to fund planned parenthood all these times that i don't get i don't get that and you know why i don't get it because there's a lot of potential answers as to why you would do that and none None of them them are are good. good none of them are good it's just a matter of which suck you prefer. They're all bad. You're not a critical thinker. You're a hack. You really have other issues with Roy Moore beyond probably his religion, beyond just your, your his ideological ones. You like the Asherah polls. Yeah, indeed. Okay? None of them are good. It's just a matter of... Uh, now you really are into it. That is a lesser of two evils argument because none of those are good arguments. But... What I'm explaining to you is why we didn't criticize people who said, I've got to vote against Hillary Clinton. That was never our issue. Our issue was compromising who we are to pretend Trump is something he's not. He's nothing other than if you can't be with the one you love, honey, love the one you're with. It's nothing more than that. It's nothing more than if I would, you know what, you're the last man on earth and we have to propagate the species. So... Let's get it all. That, that's all there. That's that's as long as that's all it was. I never had an issue with it at all. Because ultimately, people are tired of being told, "Just stay here and take it." And the last thing I want to do. This is one of the reasons why I loved Kim Pearson so much when she was in office and running for office. Our panelist on our days group on Fridays because most of the men I helped to get elected I would have to Newt Rockney their asses to get them to do anything when she called I would roll my eyes and say okay what 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 are we what mess we're cleaning up today all right but give me the one who I think will go too far for uh, for the for the zealot who will be too zealous in the pursuit of what is right than the one who will not be zealous enough and there i gotta believe there are so many women right now listening to this nodding their heads in agreement because you know ladies you know you know what passivity does to a man you know and you know frankly the way men are wired that the guy who no longer feels he has to fight the temptation to notice other women will probably eventually stop noticing you too. That's just the way we are as men. You know this. It's one of the reasons why ladies are attracted often to the guy who's a little on edge. Because it is much easier 
to rein the man with passion and conviction in than to instill passion and conviction into the man. I see it coaching even youth football because we're those boys are not any dead that those fifth and sixth graders are just the same as us because guys never change. The only difference between men and boys is the price of their toys. There's the alarm. I said it again, Aaron. Today, hey. I'm trying to be better. Okay, we don't. We never really grow up. We just physiologically change. <laughs> All right, but we are pretty much. Well, we are. We're guys. And I can even see it with the, with these boys. I can see there are just some of these kids that I just. It wouldn't matter how how nice I was to them. Wouldn't matter how much I yelled at them. Just isn't there, man. It just isn't there. So give me the one that I have to say. We, in fact, let me go here. We had this conversation at home last night because we had to do a makeup game in flag football last evening, and we had our we had like it was so bad outside last night in Iowa. We had our first reported wind chill since like February. Okay, and we're standing out there in this open field. And it's blowing in your face. It was a miserable evening out there. And it's one of those games where, because of the conditions, neither team wants to play. So whichever team has something good happen to it first is going to win, right? Because the other team's like, that's another reason why I didn't want, I didn't want, and I didn't want to be out here tonight, okay? So Coach Stace goes, okay, kids, we're going to run the picket fence. (laughs) All right, so they get the coin toss. They get the ball first. All right, they get like some crazy deflection ball out of the wind, and they, and they get it for a touchdown. And right yeah. away, I can just tell our, my kids are dejected. Okay, we ended up coming back, and it was a it was a one score game at the very end. And we played this team earlier in the year. We nearly mercyed them. I mean, I, I was rotating players in at quarterback and running back because we were embarrassing them so bad, and I didn't want to humiliate them. We were a lot better than they were. And uh, at the end of the game, they score two touchdowns in the final two minutes where our guys just kind of let them ride, run right by them, let them get outside and just go right and don't really even try. And, and we got home and this really bothered me. And I couldn't really articulate why. And, I'm, and I was really wrestling with it because I'm like, I know I'm hyper competitive, but dude, it's a flag football game. Why are you really this upset about it? We got to talking about it. Noah could see that something bothered me. So we're sitting there at dinner and he asked me, and I'm I'm trying to flesh it out. And my oldest, Anna, who Amy will tell you, is so much like me, it's frightening. She jumps into the conversation and she is ticked. She hasn't been able to see too many games this year. She loves going to all of her brother's games. All right, they're very close. She has not been able to see many of his games this year because of performances at the at the art center and everything else. So, because they're not doing rehearsals now, they're doing performances. She had last night off because they don't have a performance on Tuesday night. So she's all excited to get to go. She hasn't been to a game since week one, and she sat out there in that cold as well, with that wind blowing in her face for an hour and a half, and she was ticked off. And she jumps in the conversation. She goes, I can't believe you guys just let him run on you like that at the end. And you guys didn't even care? And I looked at her, my teenage daughter, and I'm like, that's it. She, she just articulated what's bothering my, what is dinging my masculinity better than I could communicate. My teenage daughter totally grasped it. And I explained to Noah, because he didn't understand He's like, well, we're just out there having fun. And I said, you know, I hate to play the when I was a kid card. And I'm not saying this is right. But when I was a kid, if we had destroyed a team so bad the last time we played them that we actually were showing mercy on them. And then the next time we played, they're running up the score and laughing at Because the other kids, they were laughing at us that they were scoring so easy and stuff. They were, they were laughing. I said, Noah, there would have been a fight. Parents would have had to get involved. 
I'm not saying that's the right behavior. I'm not. I'm not telling you if the guy's going to get past you for a garbage time touchdown to, t- to take him out. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm trying to get you to understand, though, we would have. We would have had. Our, we would have been so insulted by that that we'd have thought, you know, if you can't beat him, beat him. All right, and and our dads would have yelled at us at the game, and then when we got in the car, would have said, "Well done, just don't do that again." Why? Because that's the right instinct. It just needs to be channeled in the right way. The right instinct is not, "Oh well, they scored again. That's cool. When's the game over? And you know, when do we have our orange slices?" The right instinct is, "You fucking kidding me with that? Try that again. Run over here again. Let's see what happens." Now, the job for we as the men in the audience, the coaches, the parents, is when that instinct pops up is to, re- is to not squash it, but to rechannel it in the direction it is supposed to go. It is very clear what we have done to both Aaron and the coming generation of, of males is we have attempted to squash that instead of redirect it. And now the level of passivity, my struggle with my generation was not being a jerk face, being a gracious loser, showing some class. I remember I, I remember we had a... Wait, 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 wait. You're saying that of me? Because I'll fight you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we had a team so badly beat us in youth football. I think it was ninth grade or JV. There was a freaking fight in the handshake line. Okay? He, Todd is not... You know what I'm talking about. Oh, it's different. And now, our, that, that's not appropriate. I'm not saying that is the appropriate behavior. I am saying it's the appropriate instinct. And the goal of the adults, particularly the, the, the men, is to, is, to, is to disciple the, the boys into how to channel that instinct into the right place. But I'm trying to, and I'm looking at my son who looks so much like me at that age, just with blonde hair, but his persona is a lot different. And I'm trying to figure out, how do I get him to understand? Because he doesn't get it. He doesn't get why... When I was 11 or 12 years old, that would bother me the rest of the night. I would have gone and found my favorite Nintendo video game, put it on the easiest level, and pummeled it for three hours to get the highest score possible to make myself feel better. You know what I'm saying? I would have gone out in the driveway and shot 100 three-pointers or free throws because I I couldn't go to bed until I freaking won something. The idea that I was just going to go home and just, hey, thanks for the orange slices and hey, nice calisthenics. I can't compute with that. But I think that's what we've done to a lot of the males of our era. And that's what a lot of our politicians are. And a lot of our people are looking at Trump saying he's a lot of bad things. But the one thing I know he won't be is that guy. We're never going to have to pull Trump aside and say, hey, man, are you on Quaaludes? Hey, dude, you get eunuched? They don't think they'll ever have to pull him aside to ever have that problem. And they'd much rather have the problem of, don't tell me, dude is a total douchebag again. They, they've decided they'd rather have that problem than... Where are my orange slices? Because that seems to be most of what they've gotten from the GOP up until this point. Final thoughts. Aaron. I still resent that you think that's happened to me, Steve. I'm not going to let you forget about it. No, not you. I meant your generation. I'm just, I'm just, oh, okay. just giving you a hard oh, time. Okay, I wanted to make sure I didn't insult you particularly. I'm sorry. No. Um, uh, and and I'm frankly, just, I was insulting my generation. We have failed you guys. No, I'm just proving how sensitive I actually am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this... Again, going back to what I said at the very beginning, this is this entire book, Commandments for Political Warfare, doesn't that imply offense? And yet, the fact that you wrote a book, it's been very successful, you wrote a, you had to write a book about how to play offense, that's basically what this book is, really does illustrate what uh why we what kind of predicament we're in the fact that you have to teach that to people and this book when does this come out 2014 14 looking again at all of the um endorsements on the back some great endorsements but the one at the very top again is donald trump and you know that he's never going like you said he you're never going to have to pull him aside and say hey uh you know, uh, he's he's never going to go at least beta at the at the most, um, I, I should say, surface levels. Now he is maybe deeper down, but at the same time, he could do again with reading this book. If he had any ideology at all, he could do with reading this book over again. His troll game is strong. 
if you insult him, he's going to, you know, he's going to punch back twice as hard. But when it really comes to advancing real policy, I think basically every person, with maybe the exception of Rafael Cruz and maybe Eric Erickson and Ben Shapiro, okay, that's half the book, but the rest of them maybe, maybe could do with reading this book again. Hmm. Todd, what do you think? Your story about that flag football game and being frustrated by it, I mean, nailed it, and I had that experience recently uh, with my oldest daughter, uh, as uh, talked about on the show. I mean, she's nationally ranked as a, a, a middle distance runner, cross country runner. She's also a Olympic development level uh, soccer player, and she's she's tough as nails. She's self motivated. Hardly have to get on her about that at all. And a couple weeks ago, though, you could see her team. She was frustrated by it, surrounded by kids who weren't uh, caring, and you could see her kind of crack. You could see it in her body language. And we had a ride home from Omaha, and I had a conversation. I said, I, you know how proud I am of you, but you cracked uh, in the moment when you need to be the strongest. Uh, it's, it's, and, and she, was, she got frustrated with me. And I said, I, this, is, I, this is what you do, Ainsley. You, you, you hate the fact that you have this part in you and normally it doesn't come out but when it does you uh, you don't want any part you're not going to own it you're not going to do anything you'll you'll dig in even harder and I, and that is very much where we are culturally uh particularly as a church and whatever conservatism is i we are just in our most honest moments we are pretty disgusted that we allowed all of this to happen but we aren't so disgusted that we just don't dig in and make the problem worth it with all of our equivocations, as excuses, our Jeff Flake-isms. So uh, you, you nailed it. We, we, we need to simply try. We, that's what going on offense is. You just need to try. And we have not been trying for so very long. And coming to the end of this book... Uh, maybe I don't know. I remember. I can't remember all of the logic you went into, Steve, and how you ranked these. But you did put them in a particular order. But here we are at the end, uh, and it is fitting that this is the last one, not because it's the least important, but because I. It does f- leave a pit in your stomach. For you're you're asking. It's it's fitting. We're talking about our kids. Uh, your team is probably the same as mine when I coach soccer. It's not really mm-hmm. about soccer. You have two rules on my team. You listen and you try. Mm-hmm. Everything else is gravy. But if you don't do those things, we're going to have a hard time. And I'm telling you, you know, eight, nine-year-olds this, and you can tell at the beginning, they're looking at me like, dear God, they don't hear this at home. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the season with a lot of the kids, we have a really good relationship because I'm their biggest cheerleader. You give those – I'll run into a burning building for you if you do those two things. And w- right now – we're begging our adults to do those two things. They don't listen and they don't try. So you get Donald Trump. Screw you. That's a good way to end it right there. I like that. It's laying some ordinance down. That was a nice little homily there. I like that. Thanks. Hey, thanks for tuning in today here on CRTV. Uh, don't forget CRTV.com to watch today's show, including our exclusive interview with Ted Cruz you do not want to miss. Promo code DAY so you don't miss it when you get there at CRTV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.